Hi, this is Timothy Zahn, author of Star Wars Thrawn. You're listening to Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. I came as fast as I could. A Yutini Podcast Network production. They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied. Episode 180, Andor Preview Show. Well done, terrible things on behalf of the rebellion. On this episode, Corey wears a pool hat again. They're watching me now. All of the Star Wars trailers revealed at D23. What was your last contact with Saul Guerrero? And the Utini crew talks about the Disney Plus series Andor. That's what a reckoning sounds like. And now, here are your hosts. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone! Welcome to the Living Force at Utini Network podcast all about... Andor, tonight at least. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to chat all about the spy, the assassin, the saboteur, are two of the loveliest gentlemen this side of the rebellion. First off, we have fresh off his first day of work. It's Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, guys. First day of work done. Yeah, in the new job after 10 weeks of vacation. Mm, I don't know where it went. Wow. But uh, but I'm here. I survived just another Monday night, and uh, from here on out, actually, I have every Monday off. Yo! So I will never have an okay. excuse to miss the show like some other people. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you have dedication. Um, we're going to get to that in a second, but before we do, I have to you know, introduce our brother, our legend, our light, and the fan of currently the best football team in Texas. Oh, yeah. It's Wes Jenkins. What's up, man? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, sorry for the blur. Uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, we had a sick tie with the Indianapolis Colts uh, th- this past Sunday, and um, it was a pretty good weekend. That's basically uh, it a was win. hot. I think in Houston, Texas, hot. Lang, and that's, a, that's sh- technically a win. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Um, I also had a bit of a scare. I got a, uh, a charge on my MasterCard um, of, like, Ninety dollars just came out of nowhere. I didn't know what it was. I was just searching for what it was, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And it says you made this purchase back in March or or February of of this year. And I was like, "What the hell is this?" So then did a little bit deeper, and I had pre ordered I pre ordered these damn books from Barnes and Noble. If anybody's ever seen these, <laughs> oh, is yes. the Star Wars Tales of Kenobi and then the Bounty Hunter Wars. So I'm not upset about it anymore. MasterCard is is off the hook, but um, so I'm getting these in the mail pretty soon. Don't you just love that? How you have these um, special gifts that arrive that you forgot you ordered, if but you still have to pay bad for them. Enough, you can give gifts to yourself. <laughs> yeah, those are dangerous, especially those versions. They're so cool. They're so big. I uh, I got three Funkos this week, three of my Obi Wan Funkos, and one of them was like a Walmart pre order, which means it came with one of those stupid pop protectors so they can charge you like 28 bucks all together but i needed the reva with the lightsaber so i i feel your pain wes and i hope all you out there watching and listening i hope you got surprised by some pre-orders this week because while that means you have less money than you thought it means you got more stuff uh so i hope that you're living that life and you're having a great week um you may have noticed we're missing dr Corey helton he is in hawaii he did send us a video or it was with us last week but um let's uh Let's check out a, a, a video of his excuses to why he's not here. Wes, uh, it's a very heartfelt message, so let, let's share with everyone uh, what, what, what stopped Corey from being here with us today. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to 
say, uh, sorry I couldn't be there tonight. You know, I'm uh, just incredibly, incredibly busy here in Hawaii. And it's just like, uh, I just really couldn't find the time to make it happen today. You know, I mean, just, geez, man. It's not life just gets away from you with how busy you get. And, uh, you know, I'm just really sad about it, uh, of not being there due to how busy I am here on, uh, on this beach. So, uh, yeah, I miss you guys, I think. Uh, yeah, anyway, just wanted to say hello, and uh, sorry I couldn't be there tonight, but uh, it's of course to be with you. Aloha, Hawaii. <laughs> Love you was too, it, man. Um, <laughs> is that a pool hat or a beach hat? <laughs> Yeah, isn't, isn't isn't the ocean just the pool of the world? You know, I'll yeah. allow it. I'll allow All right, it. yeah, we're happy you're having fun, man. We'll see you next week. I I am. I will say, y'all, I am very proud that Corey Helton, Doctor Corey Helton, is actually like with physical proof, relaxing fully. I didn't relaxing. think it was going to happen. Uh, so well done, saw. everyone. If Corey can take a day, so can you. Maybe take a day if you haven't in a while and relax. But we'll see you next week. But since Corey's not here, we're going to talk about sports. So this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> sports were back. Uh, Saturday was actually a weirdly big day in the Utini world. Uh, Charles, uh, what we had a little bit of a rivalry game on Saturday. Do you want to tell everyone about how it went? Well... If I have to. Uh, was this in the outline? I don't remember if this in, in the outline. Uh, no. Well, so so actually the team is big enough that there there are like some rivalries all over the place, whether it's That's like true. NFL, college football, whatever it is. I personally had a hand in one uh, this weekend, which was Jared's Arkansas Razorbacks against my South Carolina Gamecocks. And I will say that the Razorbacks won the game fair and square. Uh, we did have – Four of our starting defenders out with two torn ACLs. I just want to throw that out there. Um, their quarterback also has Frankensteinian strength. So, you know, that's also was a <laughs> major factor. Um, but, yeah, you know, oh, Jared's in the chat now. He wants, no, no, Jared, we're not talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks. We talked about them, and it's over. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I'm sorry you had a rough day, but I will say – uh, if you got some nerd friends that are also sports friends, it, it's never not a good time. Uh, congrats to everyone that won. Um, and then to those that didn't, you know, uh, that, that Alabama-Texas game, we had, I think, like 300 messages going back and forth as that was going on. So, wild days. But, of course, I want to talk about the Utini Fantasy League. I told you all when we had our draft, I posted the results in Discord. And, just like this... Every week, I want to highlight our highest scorer of the week going into Monday Night Football. Uh, tonight, our very own Parker's uh, Denver Broncos are playing with Mr. Let's ride, Russell Wilson. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But as of now, friend of the show, Emma Park, is uh, the top scorer of the week with 149 points. Uh, just barely beating our buddy Jacob at 147 uh, coincidentally, both of them did play, uh, my girlfriend, Charlie and myself. So glad <laughs> to have that. Uh, congratulations, Emma, who just rode out this week on the backs of Patrick Mahomes and the Bills defense. Um, it's not a great start. 
to the real football world with me as a Cowboys fan. It's not a great start to the fantasy year, but it can only go up from here. Now, for you, Teeny, I want to give a couple shout-outs to some updates we had over on our YouTube channel. If you're watching us on this channel, you can go back in the feed and check out Parker's Guide on the High Republic Short Stories. Uh, the amazing stories by people like Kevin Scott, Justine Ireland, Charles Soule, who wrote shorter stories in the Star Wars Insider magazine. It can be difficult to track those, sometimes more than the novels, but Parker put together a great guide. Also, we have a short uh, if you've noticed on the YouTube channel lately, we've had some amazing folks on the team clipping out clips of our live shows, uh, and they've been re-uploading them with cool little edits and kind of uh, more specified uh, timestamps, and we have a current Legends Look Back short called Star Wars Legends, Things You Never Knew About the EU, and it has over 2,000 views, so a shout-out to the Legends Look Back folks and to all of you that have been watching that. We hope you like these smaller clips. They're really great to, like, send to your friends if they don't want to watch a whole hour-and-a-half podcast. Just get them in a little bit. But for the people that do want to watch a whole-hour podcast, there are patrons, and we love you all. And we want to highlight uh, our buddy Admiral Akbar 1983 who re-upped the annual Patreon subscription today. Thank you, our annual patrons. Make it super easy to plan out our year as far as content goes because we know kind of what we have to work with. So thank you. Admiral, and to everyone else at our Patreon community, because we want to announce something that is finally dropping this Wednesday. We've teased it for forever, but this Wednesday, September 14th, the Asheville documentary is officially dropping exclusively on Patreon. Look at this image, Friendship Through the Force, a Utini documentary. It is a I almost said full length, but I think that's to be like 80 minutes. It's like, what are you, what are you 40, 50 minutes? <laughs> it's like a full, completely edited documentary of the first time that all of us met each other at the top of this year. It is wild to think of how much life has happened since then. But, like, mm. guys, it's it's finally here. It's coming on Wednesday. I know. This is exciting because we've watched this thing grow and change through all the editing that Nathan did. And props to Nathan again. If we Amazing stuff. If we said it once, we said it a hundred times. He crushed working on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so fun. It's it's still fun to go back and, and watch it. And uh, I'm glad that we're going to get it out there. And I hope that yeah. people will kind of find a little bit of the joy that we did in watching that trip and following along. Um, because, man, I'm already ready for the next one. Absolutely. So proud, so excited for people to finally see this thing. Again, it will be exclusively on Patreon through its entire life. So if you've been waiting for a time to jump onto our Patreon, kind of see what else is going on, help support the network, help support the website, uh, this is the time to do it. Go ahead, jump on. No matter what level you join, you get access to the full documentary. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support. And we hope you love it as much as we love making it. Again, you can go to utini.com slash Patreon, patreon.com slash utini. All of it works. We got behind-the-scenes commentary. We got exclusive shows. We got now full-length documentaries and more stuff coming your way as the year goes on. So happy. Could be more stoked for it, and I hope you all love it. Now, uh, for a rather long segment of the show, Wes, let's hit the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. It's the Star Wars Weekly Roundup. So there are weeks where we get zero news about Star Wars. Absolutely nothing <laughs> happens. And it's fine. This week is not that week. Uh, my friends, let us go through all the news we got this past weekend. And 
If y'all have been tuned into the Star Wars Twitter sphere, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to start off, though, with some casting news. Uh, because, my friends, it was officially confirmed. The rumor that has been said for months, Ezra Bridger is coming to Ahsoka. Iman Esfandi has been cast, and y'all, Ezra, it's happening. We found him. That I, <laughs> I, I have, I have been so hesitant to get excited, but like, guys, what do you think? He's joining the Ahsoka show. So this this is confirming that he is he is showing up after the the season of Rebels, right? Yeah. So this is this is happening after Rebel. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah he's alive. Because this guy Ezra that's lives. cast is a full on <laughs> adult. Like it's definitely yes. an older Ezra. Yes. For all of you worried about thirst trapping, he's an adult. Don't worry. <laughs> Feel free. Um we can we can do that. Um he's, but yeah. He's got a he's got he looks he looks Pretty similar to Ezra. I'm not. It's a pretty oh good, yeah, uh, it's incredible. It's casting call. He has exactly <laughs> as many wrinkles on his face as the cartoon Ezra, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. I cannot wait for more Ahsoka news, obviously. But Sabine is confirmed. Hera is confirmed. We're not sure who's playing her yet. I think it might be Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but we've seen like the back of her head. The ghost is. I mean. Filoni put Rebels in live action, and we're officially getting it. But that was somehow not the only live action casting we got this weekend. We also got uh, Lee Jung Jae, who is the lead character in Squid Game. Ever heard of it? Oh, yeah, the most successful Netflix series of all time. The main character from that is joining The Acolyte, uh, the High Republic show, as, from what I've seen, potentially a Sith Lord. And, like, this is a hell I get. Uh, did you guys watch Squid Game? No, I didn't. It's real good. Should I? Should I watch Squid Game? Is this, is this <laughs> well, what I should have on my list? I understand the acolyte if I haven't seen Squid Game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Squid Game's rad. I absolutely loved it. Um, but he is awesome, and, and it, to get a guy from such a high-profile show right now, who's also such a high-profile international actor, coming into the acolyte. I mean, they are building a roster, and whoo! Especially if the, I need some new Seth Lords in my life. You know, that's a, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good drop. We haven't heard much from the acolyte, Mm-mm. like content-wise, or Mm-mm. we just had that one like trailer-ish that came out a while back, right? With the drums. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, was like, wasn't that it? It's coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't anything real. So, so that's good. I like that. I like that drop. Yeah, that's gonna be really Tinctual exciting. Sith Lord. What makes you think so? It was some tweets I saw. Honestly, nothing official, but also it's 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 a dark side show. They said it like it it, it okay. explores the dark side. So I'm like, man, if you know how long it's been since we just got a brand new good old fashioned Sith Lord, you know, it would just be awesome. I'd love it. That's right. Yeah. So fingers crossed for that. Those are coming soon. But before that comes literally everything <laughs> else, because y'all D23 was this week. Uh, Disney's Comic Con, essentially, if you haven't been following we got a lot of updates uh, on all the shows that we have been complaining about. Why aren't there updates for blank? They gave it to us. Uh, first of all, though, we got the final trailer. And technically the first official trailer. I don't know, because teasers... I don't know the difference between teasers and trailers. I'm always confused. But for Andor, uh, a new one. Mon Mothma had a lot more lines. We saw more characters, more visuals. I mean, we're going to talk about Andor, obviously, in greater detail later on in the show, guys. But... What did this 
did this do anything to you specifically that it, that other trailers hadn't? I mean, I just thought this this is just like a final nail in the coffin of like, yep, let's do this. I am I am all in. I I I, I thought it, and it looked really crisp. I thought I thought it looked crisper than the other ones. Yeah, seeing the uh, seeing the like the date on on the bottom of YouTube and it said like came out like 15 minutes ago. And I was like, no way, what is this? <laughs> yeah. So even, because it was new, I think it was really I think it was really good, and really well put together. But it wasn't anything different than we've seen in some of the mm-hmm. other teaser trailers. Just but pretty much uh, all the the key moments mm-hmm. that we've seen already put in there. But yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good trailer. Yeah, it's one, <laughs> it's one of those things where you know if, if a comedy movie is coming out. They can make a funny 20-second, 30-second trailer, you know, if they pull all just the best jokes from the movie. And then you can see the movie and you're disappointed. Yeah. But the yeah. more and more little peaks that we get into and or, even if it's just little snippets, it's just like the tone. Like the mm. tone just has me so excited because it is. It's going to be dark. It's going to be gritty. It's going to just be that. It's going to be Rogue One in a TV show. And I'm so, so excited for that. Yeah, Gritty. Gritty is a good adjective for this show, I think. Yeah. No. <laughs> don't hit the gritty watch the I, gritty. Oh, oh sorry i was getting confused about that i was getting confused sorry uh so that was amazing of course but we knew that was coming now there were a bunch of other announcements that we were not sure but the first one i want to talk about here with you guys is something that people have been really kind of worried about honestly ever since andor got delayed there was another project that seems to have gotten delayed and pushed to the side a whole bunch of times and just kind of got put in the, in the shadows in star wars celebration and that was The Bad Batch Season 2, but it now officially has a release date, everyone. 16 episodes for the second season, with a two-episode premiere on January 14th of 2023. This is a relief to me. I, I was kind of worried. I didn't, I, I didn't think this was getting shelved, but I was getting a little concerned. I, I actually was wondering, because it had been so quiet, I was wondering if somehow it was going to come on at like the same time as Andor, if they were gonna like overlap or something like that. But I'm yeah. glad that they spaced them out. Same. Yeah, me too. So sixteen episodes. Are we yep. thinking four episode arcs? Just like four? Ooh, probably, right? That's why I brought the calculator out. Yeah, divisible. For people by watching four. on YouTube. Because I couldn't divide sixteen by four because I've been That's in solid. an office for ten years of my life. <laughs> yeah, All I know is so, like that. All I know is I was never worried the show was going to get canceled. When you have a Trandoshan yeah. voiced by Matilda's mom, you're not canceling that show. It's a Still great point. <laughs> when that yeah. Trandoshan dies in the show, then the show will end. Mark my words. Final season. <laughs> it's going to be rough. I am very excited, though, that it's finally coming. Um, and, of course, the fact that it is going to have a two-episode premiere, that's very fun. Um, I, I think that it'll be I, – I like these multi-episode premiere days – uh, I'm not gonna lie. Andor having three. On the, I haven't taken the day off yet, but I'm I'm leaning that way because that's just a lot of content. Uh, but in I'm the middle of the to, week. Yeah, three uh, episodes Wednesday. in the middle of the week. Mm. So, yeah. But January 14th is the date I saw, which is also odd though because I am looking at my calendar and I feel like that might be a Saturday. Maybe that's wrong. Anyway, it's coming in January officially. Very stoked. And then what I was actually super excited about was the release of something that I was lucky enough to see at Star Wars Celebration, but it hadn't been released to the public. That is the Tales of the Jedi trailer, about the six shorts that are going to be released now, October 26th. Mm-hmm. They're all coming the same day, and we got the full trailer showing the Ahsoka and Dooku shorts. Um, now, remind me, had you, you guys hadn't seen this yet, is that correct? 
I, had I hadn't seen this one specifically, okay. but we saw him at Celebration. Okay, right, right, right. But it's been a while. So, so Charles, you went in mm-hmm. cold. You had not noticed that January 4th. Thank you, Brandon. Bad Batch is January 4th. Um, but, yeah, so, Charles, you hadn't seen the, the Bill Organa Yaddle greatness that was this trailer. <laughs> yeah, so I had seen, I think, some, like, screen grabs and stuff like that. But, no, I had not seen this trailer. And this, weirdly enough, I probably missed some of the D23 announcements. Like, you're probably going to say some stuff that I didn't even catch. But of what I caught, this weirdly got me the most excited because there's like just something about something you love kind of getting new life. And like this really is like that continuation of the Clone Wars, like animation style and all of that. And seeing young Dooku and seeing super young Qui-Gon. Yeah. That that really got me hype. I know a lot of people probably felt the same way about Ahsoka. I mean, I think this is going to be pretty phenomenal. And what's cool about it is because they're shorts, you're probably not necessarily throwing that many resources at it. So it's not like a high stakes thing. You know, like they could just keep making more as long as they're successful. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. When I first saw the series of shorts at Celebration, I thought it was going to be more than just Ahsoka and and Dooku. Mm -hmm. So. With the with it only being really centered on Ahsoka and Dooku, that makes me more excited because they're going to be elaborating on some of these these earlier pieces that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, so excited for that. And of course, you know, if you watch the trailer, go check it out on YouTube. And it was actually the <coughs> highest viewed uh, trailer of the day from Star mm. Wars, which was awesome because there was a lot of cool stuff. Oh, but damn, this is the one. Um, people noticed that Ahsoka is seen at Padme's funeral, which is going to be emotionally destructive we saw of course dooku with the blue lightsaber which we all love so much um and like you said charles we got young qui-gon in there who young qui-gon is going to be voiced by liam neeson's son and old qui-gon is voiced by liam neeson himself no Um, way oh yeah (laughs) that's a good idea just so much fun and again those are coming october 26th so glad those are out in the world next up we got the aforementioned ahsoka series didn't get a ton from it but we did get a couple pictures um, that included looks at Ahsoka, of course, and Sabine um, for the first time really in costume. So this picture here, Ahsoka in her battle position, got the robes, got the saber. I, I mean, Rosario just is Ahsoka now. Like, she just looks so good. I mean, you could have told me this was Mando Season 2. I probably would have believed you, honestly. Um, <laughs> it looks really good. But I think the star of the show was the... Next photo, which showed live-action Sabine at the Rebels mural wall. Mm. Um, I was shocked. I mean, I know this was coming, but seeing it on this scale, knowing that they painted it this large, like, that's kind of amazing. That is, that just takes me back to that picture that she had painted. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Like, in the show. So, mm-hmm. I love Rebels. I love that show. Oh, it's yeah. such a good show. It's so, so good. This is yeah. my first time seeing this picture. There it is, man. Look at that. I mean, I don't know what I would do. If I was not on the Living Force, I'd be watching the Living Force because I (laughs) clearly miss so much. Uh, But that is incredible. Even on on my screen right now, this looks like it could even be animated. Yeah, it's that that good. And it's just like, it's just really cool to see Sabine Wren, animated character from a show that had a, that people, again, just doubted for so long. And now she's coming in the Ahsoka series, which people are so stoked for. What a world we live in. I love it. Um, and then 
for a, for a photo, I will I will be shocked if you've seen Charles. Um, we learned that the Skeleton <laughs> Crew, the new show that is starring kids but for adults, as it's been pitched, um, has wrapped filming, and we got our first look at the star of the show, who, if you do not remember, folks, is Jude Law. That's right. Look at that. It's Jude Law's in Star Wars. He's talking to the Jabba's <laughs> Palace things. That is He's Jude Law. coming out. <laughs> Yeah, he's just wearing a leather jacket and a scarf talking to droids. And I'm like, Jude MF in law, man. That's, I, I think, again, this series, there's so Good many pull. little ones coming out. But I think it's going to it's gonna sneak up on folks. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Jude Law in Star Wars. He, he obviously doesn't need the money. Mm-mm. Is he Is he looking for that legacy? He's looking for that that legacy piece. He might for be. his acting chops. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> uh, you could put Jude Law in anything. You could literally sure. put him in anything, <laughs> and I would not bat an eye. I'd be like, "Yep, yep, yeah, works." I also think um, our buddy Oz and the team and I agree uh, that there's now a contractual obligation to put all super hot people in Star Wars. So, like, I guess that's what they're doing. Well done, everybody. Speaking of super hot people in Star Wars, uh, the Mandalorian Season 3, season three <laughs> teaser also got released. A lot of footage that folks got to see at Star Wars Celebration, but we saw things like freaking Bo-Katan a walk in the halls of Mandalore. Dude. That was pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, like <laughs> tons of Mandos and jetpacks. We saw um, Mando himself flying the N1 with Grogu. Um, I mean, just an amazing sizzle reel. But most importantly, we did find out that the new season is dropping February 23rd. Um, oh, because in the trailer it just said 2023. Right, right. but they announced Damn it. Damn you, Disney! <laughs> it just tells uh, the day so during Mando the trailer. So Mando and Bad Batch are going to be on Slightly at the Slightly overlapped, time. I believe. Yeah. Um, oh. Which is just... I mean, we're going to go... We've, I feel like I've been saying, oh, there's been, hasn't been so much Star Wars content this summer. I'm excited. Within the next month, Andor's starting with three episodes. Kabam! High Republic Phase 2 is starting. Ka-chow! And then we're going to get Bad Batch. And then we're going to get Mando. And then like, it's just... Ding! Cha-cha! Just nothing but Star Wars. I can't believe it's all happening so quickly. Uh, that teaser was great. Again... Tales of the Jedi got more views, but I do think that Mando is such a recognized property that people are just ready to go. I know some folks, mm-hmm. especially that watch this show, going completely cold. That's legit. Um, anything about this teaser? I, again, it's kind of an odd question because we're all going to watch it, obviously. But anything get you particularly hyped seeing the kind of season three? Maybe that because to me, I think it looks it looks bigger than season two. That's what I, I noticed. Like the scale of it seems larger. Yeah, I mean... I, yes, especially with... Uh, sorry, Charles, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, all the Mandalore stuff, I think. I mean, it's just yeah. pulling in things that we have been wanting out of the show, but it's good that they took their time, you know, to, mm-hmm. to actually develop the characters and then get to all these these big questions that we have, like Mandalore and what happened and what's going on with the Darksaber and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm happy, but again... You know, they could just have a three-second trailer of the armor saying "This is the way," and I would, I'd be hype about it. So. You're like, woo! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. So it was kind of, it was kind of strange that because um, Book of Boba Fett, 
it's kind of overlap with Mando. She's like, I thought we, you know, we kind of just saw Mando, but we really didn't. We really haven't seen Mando since we saw Luke Skywalker, right? right? So oh we were just God, like, it's been, it's been so long. So I'm, yeah, super stoked this is coming out. Yeah, cannot wait for it. I mean, I, I feel like I. Whenever the Mandal's not on, I'm like, do I really like Mandalorian better than certain things? And I watch an episode when they're new. I'm like, oh, God, this is great. This stuff's awesome. <laughs> and then we got a little curveball at the end. This wasn't in the full presentation, but it got tweeted out by Star Wars, and they announced that it was happening. Um, the Young Jedi Adventures. This is going to be an animated show in the High Republic era uh, featuring this mm. adorable cast of kids and Yoda. Um, he still looks old. Look how old Yoda looks in this. <laughs> he's somehow he's somehow like a baby Muppet that's still wrinkly as hell. <laughs> like I, I I I really I'm so glad they keep making stuff like this because I think that young kids do need fun Star Wars content. And that little blue guy, I think I would kill an army for him. <laughs> I mean, look at him. <laughs> he's holding a lethal weapon. It is a sword. About it. That is a Furby. That is a thousand percent <laughs> yes. Furby. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. It also told that the main kid here, uh, the main guy is going to be voiced by one of the kids from Abbott Elementary. So if anyone's been watching that show and mm-hmm. liking it, um, that kid's already got more credits than on any of us will have in our entire life. So well This one done. on the left, the little redhead there has kind of an attitude. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And that, is, that, is that hair or like a little crown? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a... Little, little bit of oomph. I'm enjoying it. And then a little droid at the bottom, of course. We all need one of those. So, very excited for that. That's coming 2023. And then finally, I did want to address one piece of news. It's not Star Wars strictly, but it is Lucasfilm. Um, the first footage of Indiana Jones 5 got released. And why I mention this is not for the footage itself, because obviously they didn't show that. People have talked about it, whatever. But Harrison Ford... The glorious curmudgeon uh, did come out on stage and talk afterwards. And I don't know if you guys saw the clips. He actually got, like, choked up with emotion about how much he loved the movie and Indiana Jones. And, wow. like, he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just thought, like, it was really a beautiful moment. If you, it's, it's all over Twitter. Go, go check out the clip. Harrison is just talking about how happy he is with this movie. And, you know, we were talking about... Jude Law doesn't need the money, right? Harrison Ford sure as hell doesn't need the money for anything. And to get him back, okay. this must be a hell of a movie. So are you guys indie mm-hmm. fans? We don't talk about it a whole lot. but Oh, yes. Indie? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been an Indiana Jones fan ever since they walked across those cookies in the in the cave in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then they... F- <laughs> and not going to spoil it, but, you know, they weren't cookies, my friends. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so much an Indiana Jones fan as I just am a Harrison Ford fan. Like, mm-hmm. I th- Eric, mm-hmm. the the weekend you came to Charlotte, I think after you guys got in and went upstairs to go to bed, I just went downstairs and watched The Fugitive. Like that's yep. that's where <laughs> I'm at. <laughs> yes, we always love Harrison, and the fact that he's this late in his career, making things that mean this much to him and getting the recognition and love is just so great. So. Highly recommend you guys check out that clip. Check out all the trailers, of course, here from D23. And get ready. Strap yourselves in because we got a hell of a year coming our way. But before that, of course, you got to go over to the Utini release calendar and make sure you got all the books that are coming out in the middle of this. You can't stop reading, including The High Republic Path of Deceit, which is now less than a month away. It's coming out October 4th. And The High Republic Quest for the Hidden Temple, Quest for the Hidden City, Temple of Doom was in my head, uh, which comes out November 1st. 
Or, if you're like Wes, make sure you head over to your Barnes & Noble and get the Obi-Wan Kenobi and the, and the War of the Bounty Hunters exclusive editions that are coming out this very week. Alright, in the spirit of Cassie and Andor, we do have one book review for a slightly older book that I saw a member of our community actually read quite recently. So Charles, tell us what Lando thought about Rebel Rising. Yes, Lando read, uh, read Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, gave it four stars, and said it greatly improves Shin's character. And it's a good choice to talk about for multiple reasons, right? Because also the Beth Revis connection, since mm-hmm. we have the upcoming uh, Princess and the Scoundrel <laughs> Roundtable. Anyways, Lando said, Jin, and really all of the Rogue One crew, feels kind of underdeveloped in her movie. Perhaps it's because we meet her and say goodbye to her in one film where most Star Wars characters get to grow over the course of a trilogy or a whole saga. This book greatly improves on her by fleshing out her backstory, including one of her most interesting aspects, her troubled past with the rebel terrorist Saw Gerrera. As a big Saw fan, the first half of this book was super fun. We get to see how Saw's operations were run from the inside. My biggest complaint is that the second half also felt like it hopped around a lot. Jin planet hops and joins group after group constantly getting found out and escaping and the book becomes a bit episodic and repetitive overall it's a great book that is in the upper tier of star wars ya books on par with most wanted but not quite at masterpiece level like queen's peril wow well it's a great book it's been a quite a long time since i've read it i remember really enjoying it though it was one of the earlier star wars ya books that i read but I got a bone to pick with you, Lando. Uh, most it. Wanted is a masterpiece level I agree. <laughs> Star Wars YA novel. But other well, than that, I, uh, I'm with you. Absolutely. But great stuff, Lando. And again, like Charles said, if you're reading The Princess and the Scoundrel and you loved it, make sure to check this out. Beth Revis wrote them both. Or if you just want a little bit more Rogue One in your life, you can't go wrong with a little more Jyn Erso. But tonight's show is not about Jyn Erso. It is about the subject of the show and the subject of my shirt. Hold on here. Got to go. Yep. Right, let's, yep. Get let's get you. Let's mm-hmm. get you centered here. Oh, look at Nailed it. it. I love the colors. I, I love I'm the obsessed colors. with this. Uh, Charlie went to Disney this past weekend and sent me this picture. It's like, you want this shirt? I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> Cassie and Andor himself, the show that started out as a, okay, and is becoming, Okay. Uh, for all my millennials out there. Uh, so I want to ask you guys, just starting off, before we get into like the bit-by-bit format of what the show is going to be, who the characters are, because we, everyone listening and watching, we're going to be prepping you tonight to get ready for the show. Uh, fellas, Charles, I want to start with you. What's just your basic thoughts on Andor right now, if people hadn't heard him before? What did you think when it was announced, and how have your feelings changed since that initial announcement, and why? Yeah, so when it was first announced, I was excited because Cassian is one of the better characters, I think, from Rogue One. Probably partially because of K2, I'm not going to lie, but um, it was exciting. And I think that the Utini community, and especially talking with with you guys, has really elevated uh, Rogue One in my eyes, just as a movie. Uh, And so as this is come closer and closer to actually coming out i felt myself getting more and more excited and you know anytime they announce one of these new projects i do have that moment's hesitation of like is this too far like is this the money grab is this the 
and you know there are people out there that say that for every project that comes out but this thing looks like they just put so much time and effort as i mentioned earlier every trailer that comes out every new bit of footage that comes out i feel like really is is just like proving what this show is going to be the tone this show is going to have i i think it's going to be really unique i think it's going to be probably the darkest star wars thing we may have had on screen since like revenge of the sith i'm gonna say that i think it might be that dark and i actually kind of hope that it is because i i want that you know i want to see where where star wars can go with that all right date very nice. Oh, uh, Wes, same question. <laughs> Basic thoughts? How have you, have you evolved? What do you think? Um, let's see. Um, sorry, I'd palm y'all for a second. So in the beginning, I thought I was I was iffy on the show because I've seen I've obviously seen Road One. I've, I've read some of the books, but I I didn't understand what it could be until I saw Disney put together the trailer. Once they put together that trailer, I was hooked. I was I was like, wow, they can really tell this story, but also provide the hero himself is doing some bad things, right? So we've seen like in Star Wars where the rebels are shooting stormtroopers and they're killing them, right? But they're not really saying and not be like, oh well, you know, even the rebels are killing people. The rebels are bad guys too. They're not. But in this particular show, they're going to show like. I think they're going to show the bad side of the rebels and what they're having to like, what they have to endure. And then like what the public is going to see of the rebels. I mean, I think the empire is mainly going to try to use their propaganda in ways for the rebels to say, Hey, these guys, these guys aren't good. You don't want to follow these guys to be like to overthrow the government. We're the good guys. We're the ones that are helping out and providing jobs. So I've been killing stormtroopers since I was six years old. Dang, I yeah, gritty I, again, gritty, gritty like you said earlier, gritty. Charles. That's what I want to see. Don't do it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I want a gritty so bad. Um, I have Justin Jefferson on a fantasy team. What can I say? I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I I will say when it was when it was first announced, I was I was about where I started this segment off. Like, okay, yeah, that'll be fun, interesting, odd. Uh, is, like, is there that much to say about Cassian? Honestly, was my initial thought. Um, and then as time went on, that first trailer at Star Wars Celebration, I remember watching it and realizing, okay, this is something different. This this does not look like other Star Wars. And, and not in a bad way. Like, I love other Star Wars. That's why I'm here. But this looks special. This looks cool. And I think it's going to be really well crafted. And I think every single piece of media that I've seen about Andor since then, I have just been really blown away by the craft of the production. I'm talking the acting, the the written dialogue, the sets, the lighting of the shots. Like, the actual craft that is being used to make this television show, I think I am more impressed by than anything in Star Wars in years. Mm. And I think... That if you have a team which clearly is putting so much work and dedication into this story, a lot of them from Rogue One, you're like, oh my gosh, why wouldn't the results be that high? And don't get me wrong, I love the fact that we're getting a grittier show. Like, I'm, we're never those guys that are like, why isn't there more killing in Star Wars? Star Wars should be brutal. Like, it's Space Wizards for kids, sure. But there's something so exciting about the gravity of the Rebellion being very real. 
about being mm-hmm. like every time a blaster fu- shot goes off in a movie, that's a gun. Like, p- like if we just really make that happen, I feel like Andor is going to treat that like these are weapons in the streets. These are people that are tr- being hunted by a fascist government. Like, I feel like we're really going to see George Lucas's concepts being treated at that ten out of ten. Yeah. Well, selfishly, yeah. selfishly, it's nice for us where we experienced those stories as kids and we didn't mm-hmm. realize what the rebellion really had to do when we were that age and we never would have thought about it. And now the world's become a lot more complicated, hasn't it? And it, yeah. it, it always was complicated, but we didn't recognize it. Now that we do, seeing some of our favorite stories kind of also flesh that out is yeah. it, it's kind of a fun thing to go through as you know people our age, fans our age. But... I still think they're going to do it in such a way that it's approachable for kids. They're not, you know, yeah. casting's not going to be beheading folks and whatnot out in the streets, at least. Well, I guess they cut yeah, a guy not in like half a did. in Kenobi. Not and, like a... Yeah. You know, whatever. What, maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll behead some people, okay? But not like a lot. So it'll still be approachable. Yeah. So, Charles, what you're saying is that suddenly the rebellion is real for you. All right, great. Yes. Good to know. Uh, so... For the nitty-gritty of the show itself, uh, let's talk format first. Because this show, we now know it's going to be two seasons, each comprised of 12 episodes for what has been called a 24-episode spy thriller. And the first season, which we're going to watch, all takes place five years before Rogue One. And this first season is broken up into four arcs that are each three episodes each. So we're at, they're, they're starting that off from the beginning. So day one... We are getting a full arc of Andor. So, fellas, I just want to start off with this on a, on a technical level. What do we think of this format? Because some of the shows have used arcs in the past, but but none of them have really been this strict at the top of being like, we're doing three, 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 three. This all takes place five years before Rogue One. Do you like this? Do you think that it'll give more consistency? Do you think it'll be jarring going from arc to arc? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I guess the one thing I would say is that it shows they're planning extensively. I mean, they're very organized. And you are know, you saying they haven't planned everything out before, Charles? They, uh, are you are you rumors, saying Star just, Wars? <laughs> just rumors that uh, that are out there. Yeah, I mean they're planning, right? And that's a good thing. I think. Yeah. I think our Rise of Skywalker commentary is on Patreon. Um, it is. Go take a <laughs> listen to that. Um, but. You know, the one thing I'll say is that I I really hope that each individual arc mm-hmm. has something to do with the larger story. Because I will say sure. in some of the other TV shows, like Mandalorian, even though I love Mandalorian, there are arcs where you're like, okay, that was a full-on side adventure. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I wish it had a little more connection to the overall story. And so I hope that when it comes to like a spy thriller type show, I never want to lose that. Like, I don't want to come in, get the initial arc. Everything's dark and gritty and there's a mystery and we're trying to solve something. And then we go off and we meet the frog lady. I love the frog lady, guys. Don't get me wrong. We all love the frog lady. But it's going to just, it's going to take the tension away, right? And that's super important for a spy thriller type of project is to maintain that steady level of tension build towards the end, you know, reveal all that good stuff. So, um, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm on board with you, Charles. I want it to be suspenseful, intense, 
throughout each of the arcs. I don't I don't think I think you might lose some of the audience if you start doing these side quests, kind of like you're you're talking about. Um, but I also think some of these this show as a whole is going to help bring people in if they haven't seen they really haven't seen the original trilogy before because maybe some people haven't seen sure. the original trilogy, right? I'm so sure they want to see. Have only seen the Mandalorian. <laughs> My dad oh, yeah. only yeah. likes the Mandalorian. Like that's exactly. the only yeah. thing he likes. So like this might so be like it. what is. What is the rebellion fighting so hard to do? And then I know people have heard it in the back of their minds. They've never seen the original trilogy. They were like Darth Vader, the Death Star. That's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what this is all like leading up to. So I th- hope these arcs all have a piece of that involved in the season, like a piece of like the Death Star plans, a piece yeah. of like how how Vader is is progressing in in either his training or how he's progressing at new as a leader, stuff like that. Just to Pull them into the original trilogy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that the overall story for the first season is going to be really fun because we're going to be getting like the puzzle pieces of Cassian's crew of people that will then be going into the second season, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be really fun to see him at this young age. And hold on, hold on. When he looks like this, this is the, the new Cassian Funko Pop oh, nice. um, with his nice beard and his nice little coat. Um, I think it'll be really fun to see him in that. And on a more technical level, I'm I'm also more excited for the arc um, format because of the freedom I hope it gives to the directors on the show. Because from what I've seen, for the most part, each arc will kind of be directed by a singular person. So I think they'll feel like really cohesive units of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be super fun um, as opposed to, you know, do you have to pick up a, a thread from the episode before? Or, oh, I want to tell my story, but then I'll get back to them like... I hope that we get really cool chapters of a book, essentially. And they're told like that, despite hilariously Mando and Book of Boba Fett being told as chapter one, chapter two. <laughs> I, I hope that Andor actually service, serves as a book like that and is really cool stories that are tight, that tell entire stories, but also are parts of the whole. And I think based on everything we've seen so far, we should get that, um, which should be very fun. Yeah. But, of course, those stories don't mean anything unless we have good characters. So let's go through the list of the main folks we've been told about. Some of them you may be very familiar with. Some of them you may not. And let's start off, of course, by the man himself, right up top, Cassian Ander. Uh, Cassian Ander, played by Diego Luna. Uh, just recently got this amazingly sexy character poster today. I'm <laughs> loving the orange smoke aesthetic. Like the amount of stuff they've done with this logo, with the with the O being clear. Like every single promotional thing, it's a different color. Um, I've had a really great time with this. I mean, what else do we have to say about Cassian that we haven't already, guys? Like he's Cassian. He is. He is the I assassin. Hope his middle like... name is If Then. Does he have a ca- <laughs> a canonical middle name? If not, it needs to be he, If Then. I'm 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 gonna break your heart. Uh, he does. Oh, what's um, his middle name? It's it's Jaron. Hold on, I got I got mm. this wrong on a quiz. Jaron, J E R O N. Jaron. Okay. Cassian Jaron. All right. All right. So Not as cool. He as is. <laughs> he is. When we say that Obi Wan Kenobi is the quintessential Jedi, mm-hmm. is he the quintessential Rebel? Since he has been in this since he was six years old. Has he always been struggling? Has he always had that grit like we've talked about? I think he – it's tough because, you know, he's done horrible things. That's his whole thing. And, like, 
I think a lot of folks are going to be shocked during this series because Rogue One is about him being a little cold-hearted and then becoming warm by the end. Mm. This series, he has to get to that cold-hearted. Like he's gonna, he's not going to become true. warm and fuzzy. So, so I, you know, <laughs> do you think that you might walk out of watching this show feeling like Cassian had a bigger part in the rebellion than say Han Solo? I, I think can it's see possible, that, yeah. Which is I can wild. see that for sure. Yeah, I agree, but that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. here's the thing: Han Solo. Hold on, everyone. Wait, don't don't stop the show. Don't press pause. But this is the I, guy who him. won the Scoundrels draft with <laughs> yeah, Han Solo. By the way, go He's on. Amazing. Go on. I love Han Solo. <laughs> he took a job, <laughs> and then after taking his money, decided, "All right, I will fly in one space battle." And destroy the Death Star. Great. We love that. And then, spend a year with the Rebellion. Will he stay? Will he not? I just want my reward. I don't know. Empire happens. Empire takes place over, what, like a day? Two couple days? He's then frozen in carbonite for an entire year. Then he comes back, wakes up, another week happens, and then the Death Star is blown up. So, like, I love Han. He does a lot of great, important things. Cassian... Oh, yeah. Hasn't he been in those fights since he was six years old, as Wes said? So, like, <laughs> as far as if you put in your time, it's like you're at work. You're, you're working the same job. You work your way up for t- 15 years to get the promotion. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the boss's nephew comes in. He's been there for three weeks, and they're like, you're a general now. I'd be like, I want to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Cassian would hate Han so Solo if you ever so met him. So you're saying it was a good thing that he died, so exactly. he didn't have to see that happen. Oh. Exactly. Okay. Uh <laughs> But what kind of person would Cassian be if he was around in the New Republic? He would just be like, Mon, I mean, can I kill somebody for you? Well, Is there somebody that's really on your back right now? I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see him and Mon, and if they even meet in the first season. Because it seems like they're both going to be building up their oh, own yeah. stuff. But I think... His view of the rebellion, is he more like Saw when it starts? Is he more extremist? Then he becomes a little more to the cause. That will be very fun because I think based on some of the footage we've seen, which we'll talk about later, he is joining the rebellion from a very different set of circumstances than a lot of the heroes we've seen. But in contrast to that, we do have the next character I want to talk about, um, who we just mentioned, none other than Mommy, sorry, sorry, Mon Mothma. Um, played exquisitely. I can't disagree. My dear God, it's not even fair. By Genevieve O'Reilly, <laughs> um, playing the character that she she played, you know, seventeen years ago for the first time, and she is basically their woman on the inside. She is sitting in the Senate. She is seeing the Empire grow in power and is starting to, from what we've seen, have the backdoor meetings have the, the secret notes. Like Brandon says in the chat, he thinks he's more excited for the Mon Mothma stuff than the Cassian stuff. Maybe, man. If this if this show is actually well, more half and half, and like Diego Luna has yeah. said, this is a this is an ensemble show. I, 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 I kind of hope they don't meet for a while because I want to see them both working. Mm. Those two different spectrums, and they meet after, let's say, after the they meet in the beginning of the second season. Sure. Finally meet. They finally put those that together, that intelligence piece mm-hmm. and that gritty piece from and I can't I keep saying gritty, but that I mean it's what it is. It's what I hope it is. Yeah. Well, Cuz I mean, Eric put your hands down. The 
the the Mon Mothma that we know, <laughs> I- including the Mon Mothma that we know from deleted scenes and things like that, right. would not be on board with some of the stuff that Cassian has done. At least in my mind, no. when I think about that character. So see, how, who's going to pull who along that spectrum of what it means to be a rebel? And where are they going to kind of settle out? That dynamic, right. I think, is going to be very interesting because I do think early on it's got to be contentious. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, Mon Mothma believed in the Republic, and now she's got to believe in the power of diplomacy to an extent, right? She's still taking meetings. She's doing what she has to do. And then we know eventually she then becomes the head of the New Republic on on, on Chandrilla. So, like, she still has to believe in everything. And I think it'll be interesting to see if she's just getting allies, if she is agreeing with Cassie and she's meeting with our next character we'll talk about. And I do, before we go off of Mon, because this guy's not in the outline, I do want to mention Jared's comment here, because he does mention our Lord and Savior, my, my best boy, Bail Organa. Bail, obviously, from those deleted scenes we mentioned earlier, very present in the Birth of the Rebellion. He's in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. He is Mon Mothma's possibly canonically strongest ally in the Senate. He's not been in any promotional footage. He's not been in any scenes. So here's where I, I am as, as the Bail truther stan i think there is a 100 chance we see bail in andor i think it's season two mm. because i think season one is five years before it's all about setting up the cast of characters all about setting the stakes then season two which we'll talk about more so when that comes out takes time jumps four years before three years before two years before and i think that's when bail gets more involved I, i'm not sure if he meets cassie in five years ahead that being said if Bail Organa's <laughs> in these episodes, he should be there, and he should get all the screen time he needs because he's perfect. But just wanted to address that. Um, just wanted to address it. I'm setting my expecta- managing my expectations. But who will okay. be in there? And Mon Mouthman's ally, so we think, is our next character who has been very, very, very present in a lot of the press. Uh, that's Luthen Rail. He's evil. Played by... He's evil. Okay. He's still in Skarsgård. Um, he was the last guy who got a character poster today. Uh, Charles, speak on him. Why is he evil? I, look he at this on? poster. I, without, <laughs> without this poster, why is he uh, evil? <laughs> <laughs> this poster, this is Dr. Evil in a hoodie right here. Um, I, I, no, really, I think that, uh, you know, we saw the Andor clip, which I'm sure we're going to comment on here, but um, he's supposedly on with the good guys i i get a weird feeling from him i don't know what it is i i don't know if it's the way he says ander i, I don't know what it is but i think <laughs> yes, ander. he's he's betraying him on some level maybe it's a double cross and he comes back to their side but at some point Cassian andor is betrayed by this man i mean he he doesn't he doesn't look like somebody who's going to walk up to you on the streets of Coruscant and say, hey, do you need a hand with something? Can I help you carry your groceries? And so, right. I mean, but he could be that piece is that's the one that's pushing Cassian to do that, to crack the eggs, if you will, right. of the stuff that needs to get done while Mon Mothma and maybe Bail Organa over there pulling the strings and kind of doing the intelligence bit. He's the one right. that's like pushing Cassian a little bit over the edge. It's like that guy over there, 
that guy needs to die. And Cassian's like, no problem, dude. And then he does it. <laughs> he does have that kind of vibe of, I will order you to do things and kind of give yes. you guidance. Because also what's interesting in all the trailers, we've seen him both as like short hair Luthen, but also like long hair Luthen in robes being all jovial. And it seems like it's like his Senate persona and his rebel persona. And I'm wondering where we see those. Are there time jumps or is he actually like actively living both lives um, mm. what did he used to be like an, an empire first senator and then Mon Mothma got to him and showed him the error and he becomes a rebel like I think this guy has some real interesting stuff because he does seem like he was like born among the elite and is now in the rebellion and I think that's a huge part of the rebellion right it's like all the guys that had to have the money to fund it had to have done some pretty bad things in the past right that's what DJ says in Last mm-hmm. Jedi right like there's money everywhere. Like, the good guys pay for weapons, too. So I think Luthen might be that kind of role. And based on the clips, I especially, I really like... I mean, Stellan Skarsgård is also just a freaking awesome actor. He's so fun to watch. I love... And he does genre. Like, he's been in Marvel, right? He's been in Thor movies. He's been in Goodwill Hunting. Like, he's just always is great in everything he sees. And I can really see him having these long dialogue conversations about the rebellion... And about, like, as he says in the trailer, is like, do you just really want to kill these bastards? Like, once and for all. Like, I feel like he could recruit me to do almost anything. So, I, I want to see Luthen with Mon Mothma and Luthen with Cassian. And who's what's that difference like and who's the real man and do any of them even know? So, I think that's very fun. Versus our next character, who you know exactly who he is, everywhere he is. And that's um, is Guys... <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's getting another check. Happy Bonnie Vanilla Day. Uh, Forrest Whitaker gets another check. Um, in Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Wes. I knew you'd correct me. Forrest Whitaker is in more Star Wars projects than Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. And um, I love him for it. I, I think love he's Forrest wonderful. Um, you, can always, you can always tell where we are in the timeline based on the hair as well, which I really appreciate. Uh, he looks pretty rad here. And I... I mean, is he going to be in more than one episode, do you think? Oh, I should hope so. I should hope so. Because, look, he has, like, his baby scars on his face right now in oh, this yeah. picture that he hasn't really he hasn't really oh, got to the point where he is. <laughs> he hasn't got to the point where he is just completely ragged on the, on the edge of <laughs> insanity. Do we get to see the beginning? Do we get to see the the first meeting of Borgullet? What do you mean the baby Borgullet like in a jar? He's like in a jar. Borgullet, <laughs> If this was the so, if this was the Mandalorian, there would be a, a side episode where they went to a planet and they found Borgullet. Like they'd absolutely put that in. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Wes! I'm managing my expectations here. Sorry, sorry, I should have um, said that. No, I think you're right. I think I think he'll play a part in mm. showing Cassie in some of the extremes, maybe. But like Luthen is the only character we know that has scenes with Mon Mothma, Bill Organa, or sorry, <laughs> I'm trying not to, um, with Mon Mothma, Sagarera, and Cassie and Andor. So I wonder if he's really going to be the linchpin, or if Saw is going to be pretty. Involved. Now that we're now that we're like jumping through these characters. If I feel like Cassian is going to be learning from each one of these people about his demeanor, like he's he's learning from Saw to be like the extreme rebel. He's learning from Mon Mothma, maybe, 
to like for the intelligence band to kind of lay low. I mean, all these little pieces come together and like an and to like an ultimate an ultimate like mental break where he's like I can't actually do this in Rogue One when he tried to shoot Galen Erso. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh my god. Yo, sorry, hey, come on now. <laughs> it's got to be required. Um well, I think Saw's going to be who we think he is. I like him as a catalyst. Yeah. And again, he's such a He's such a, an extreme character that he's really good as a plot device because you can, if you need a certain person to act in an extreme way to show a main character if they're good or not, throw Saw Gerrera in there, and that's who yeah. I'm going to learn from. Uh, Charles, I want to ask you about this next character because I know you're a giant fan. Um, Bix Kaleen, mm-hmm. who's played by uh, Adria Arjona. What do you think about Bix Kaleen? You're a, you're a big Bix fan. The thing about Bix is that... I'll give you $5. Dang it, Wes! <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Bix. That's Bix. All right, all right. <laughs> Sorry. So, admittedly, I did not know who Bix was. <laughs> I, I'm pretty much... I threw you a bone, Charles. I'm pretty much tapped out on my Andor cast knowledge at this point in the list. I'm not going to lie. Saul was kind of the end of it. Um, but look, I'm excited to, to learn about more rebels uh, and and more imperials. Um, so I mean, I think the rest of the folks on this list, the rest of the people that are going to serve probably some smaller roles in the show, they might be the next Cassian. I mean, Cassian was just one of a cast of characters in a movie, and now he's got his own TV show. I mean, who knows where this is going to go? Some of these some of these characters are going to die. Oh yeah, and not be available for season two. So that's going to show the. That is true. <laughs> that is- <laughs> that's going to. That's gonna show like that's gonna show the finality and like the the seriousness of of the rebellion yeah. back in the early days with the grit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like the grit yeah. that we've been talking about. I uh, it's getting old. I'm sorry. It's not. It, it's not. I think the cool thing about Bix Colleen is that I I'm really excited to see her and Cassian because they are definitely teasing a bit of an uh, an on and off again like romance angle now. Oh. That is sometimes what happens when two hot people talk very close together in a trailer. Maybe <laughs> maybe we're just looking at it and being like, hmm, they could. But she does seem like she is an on-the-ground rebel. And I think that yeah. she's talking to Cassian very um, kind of bluntly in, in, the, in the final trailer. Like, they have a, a very open dialogue. And I think that's what's also kind of cool in this show is that most folks – aside from maybe Mothma and Luthen, kind of seem on a similar level. Like, Cassian isn't a general. He's not, like, a, a captain yet. Like, they're all just going to be agents, I think, is, is kind of the vibe I'm getting. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, Andrew in the chat makes a great point. Characters dying? I don't know. It doesn't seem like a theme with Star Wars. Uh, yeah, not like a General Merrick. Sorry, Andrew. Um, R.I.P. Blue Leader. Excited for Bix. Next up, uh, we have two characters uh, that were actually together on the uh, press tour. If you got, if any of y'all listen to the audio interviews that um, folks like uh, Star Wars Explained, Pink Milk, Sky Talkers, uh, uh, Father and Son Galaxy, a bunch of folks got to do uh, some roundtable interviews with the cast, which were amazing. These last two folks were together as they talked about them. The first one was Denise Goff, who plays Deidre Miro. Uh, who is an Imperial ISB agent. Uh, if you watch the trailer, she's got the blonde hair, and it's, like, really pulled back. And her, yeah, look at this. She's got death troopers flanking her. 
Um, I mean, if those are her friends. Those are her friends that she plays pickleball with on the weekends. You don't know who those people are. Imperial pickleball don't, tournament. Don't judge a trooper by his armor. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you see T eight four eight seven? Yeah, he's just a menace on the court. He's got a hell of a forehand. That guy can't shoot the broadside of a barn, but he can hit those lines on a pickleball court. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> wow. Yup. All right, that's through it. So, other than Dead Trooper playing pickleball, I like her because she does sound like, especially in a lot of the trailers. She is on a hunt for rebels, and if Star Wars Rebels showed us anything, I love when there are people that are like, "Where are they?" I want her like, like leaning over a, a hollow table, looking at plants, being like, "Well, okay, what happened here? Is there a rebel cell?" Like, I want her on the run, going after them, because I think whenever that's happening, Star Wars is so kinetic because you have mm-hmm. mouse, cat and mouse the entire series, and. For the Imperial Security Bureau, like, we know these guys mean business, especially if you read the Aftermath books. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sinjir, if you want to know how brutal these Ooh. guys get. I feel like she's a, she she's like a similar Arinda Price, maybe, like oh. what we saw in Rebels, like sure. a governor Better hair. type, maybe. Better hair. Better hair, better definitely hair. better hair. Governor Shark <laughs> Bobcut, as Charlie would say on the Ghost Coconut crew. head Take it over on a Patreon. there. <laughs> My goodness. She's something. <laughs> That's that's how you can describe it. You yep. are something. <laughs> so she's going to be a lot of fun. But of course she is uh, kind of partnered or dichotomized with Cyril Karn, who is played by Kyle Soller, who is a deputy inspector. Uh, a little bit under the ISP. But yeah, a lot of people thought this was like um, Starkiller from, uh, oh, from Force man. Unleashed. And it's like, this guy looks good. He's not saying we're coming. Calm down. There were, uh, <laughs> okay, so there was there were two pictures that I could pull up. There was this one, obviously looks real, and this one that I there was like a definitely like a photo that I found that looks just <laughs> like. <laughs> oh my god! So that, that's Sam Whitworth. This, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> pull up the Sam Whitworth one. Looks just like him. Oh my! It's goodness. a Lego. It's a Lego set. Yeah, because there is there is an anyway. Andor Lego set. Uh, that includes mm-hmm. some of these folks already, which I have not bought yet because I don't think that the ship is cool enough looking yet. But if someone wants to buy it for <laughs> me, my DMs are open. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, we know nothing about this guy except he's, a, again, nope. mul- we're getting multiple Imperials that are chasing these folks. And I think that's so fun because, like, in Mando, right, we got Moff Gideon. I love him. But he's, like, mm-hmm. one dude. And Book of Boba Fett. We get, like, a dude. Cad Bane, awesome. But look, and the gang is kind of mysterious. This show, we're getting multiple named rebels, multiple named Imperials, and I'm like, hell yeah! Like, this is what makes spy stuff so fun, and why Tony Gilroy did stuff like the Born Identity and the Born Supremacy. Like, it's groups of people fighting groups of people, and that's mm-hmm. what this rebellion was. I mean, Andor is the name, but I think this many named villains already is showing me that, like, this is, it's just, again, scale. It goes back to scale, like I said. This is a big show with yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. We're not just seeing a, a gaggle of stormtroopers going after the the rebels, right? They have leaders. Yeah. They have superiors that are is that, is that the plural orchestrating that. A gaggle that. of stormtroopers? Is that like a I forgot what the, I forgot what the I forgot what the <laughs> gaggle was that for what it's, what it's for, but I love it. It's, it's a group of something. It's geese. <laughs> it's absolutely Oh, geese. thanks. <laughs> 
I should know that. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my gaggle of stormtroopers. I, I, I'm going to look that up, a group of stormtroopers. But, yeah, keep talking about Cyril. Like, again, Charles, I'm sorry we keep cutting you off. Your favorite characters. D- oh, yeah, I forgot. Cyril. Sorry, Charles. You talk about him all I, the time. Yeah, Cyril I'm excited about. Um, that's I, You know, I don't want to spoil anyone. That's what it is. So oh, I'm gonna, sure. I'm going to hold my cards uh, close to my chest on Cyril, but uh, maybe the next, maybe the next callus. He played off so well. You yes. know what? That could be fun. That could be fun. A, uh, the next I'm the spy. <laughs> I'm the spy. I'm the spy. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we gotta have some folks that are switching teams, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no for way. Sure. So that'll be fun. I think <laughs> overall, I will say. Every one of these actors in the very small amounts of footage we've gotten so far, which now we're about to get into, they all look just so in the same TV show. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes you watch shows or watch movies and there are people that are in the Star Wars universe or in the right film. And then one actor will say something and they just intangibly feel like they're not living in the same world as everybody else. They, they move differently. They speak different. There's just there's just something off. And it's mm. frustrating because it's really hard to speak about. All these characters and every footage, every still I've seen, I'm like, everyone is in the same movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is Andor. I would not confuse this with a still from The Mandalorian or from The Book of Boba Fett. Like, this is from Andor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sure. it's gritty. <laughs> gritty! <laughs> so, let's jump into the footage we've seen and get you guys ready for what you can look forward to happening in Brings Out Calendar. Nine days. We're in single digits, boys. Nine days. If you watch a saga film every day, you'll finish them and then watch Andor. I just Uh, might do that. Thank you. Wow, it is nine days. That's it. I like like the West fact check to you. Yeah. Is that nine? Yeah, nine. Let's grab this calculator again. I don't know. (laughs) It's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Uh... (laughs) So, initial trailer, we did talk about that with the, with the, the hammer and gong guy. That grunts really he, awkwardly. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> when that first came out, a lot of the things I saw online and heard from people at Celebration was the phrase, this is not like anything we've seen before. And we've said it on this show. But I, I want to challenge us to kind of go a little specific on that. Like, what? We've seen a lot of Star Wars. We've seen 40-some years of Star Wars at this point. Why was this trailer initially so different? What made it so? Well, all jokes aside, the grittiness is part of it. Okay? I do think that's part of it. Another thing is... I think we saw some glimpses of, like, young Cassian. And I might be mixing up where some of this stuff came in, so correct me if I'm wrong. But we saw some young Cassian. We saw some cultural elements that maybe... We've seen in Star Wars, but not from the main characters. Like, we oftentimes right. see in the Clone Wars, like, oh, the Jedi go to this planet, and it's really unique, and there's these kind of people, and this kind of thing happens there. But it's still the Jedi experiencing that thing. Whereas right. in this trailer, it was like, yeah. no, 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 the hero, Cassian, like, you're going to see how he grew up. You're going to see this, you know, unique planet, this specific culture. Then you're going to see where it goes from there. And that is important and cool and different and i think that's exciting so i think that was another aspect that made it feel just very new and fresh yeah andrew i i love that comment in the chat i want to bring it up uh i don't mean to cut you off there wes 
He says, would it be fair to say that this setting, from what it seems, it looks like it's more lived in than other shows? And I think that's a great way to describe it because yeah. we've seen, like, Mando, every place he's going to, he hasn't been to before. Like, they're all new, and it seemed like there were people that were good but did feel like a set sometimes. I did feel like, for a number of reasons, which we'll expand on, that first trailer, I'm like, oh, these are people on their planet that we're visiting. And it seemed more almost intrusive as a viewer that I was watching these people live. I like that a lot, Andrew. Right. So, uh, so Wes, what were you going to say? Didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, like along the lines of what, what Charles was saying, um, we do get to see inside the life of, of Cassie and Andor. But like when you think about it, the Jedi are like a small piece of the galaxy. Very small piece. We've Very we've small. they've been highlighted. They've been highlighted throughout the saga just because it is a amazing like story to tell. But in this in the whole in the grand scheme of things, there are these people that have everyday lives that they're trying to live with the Empire. They're trying to be a part of the Empire. Trying to be a part of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell like in the first trailer, Andor uh, Cassian was talking about. Hey, they're sitting back in their. Like in their chairs, drinking, they're eating their, you know, their food with their fat faces and all yeah. that, and you're just like, you're like, yeah, man, they they're getting like the short end of the stick, while these other, like the Imperials are yep. really sticking it to them, and they're, so, I can't wait to see, on top of the cinematic, like the the architecture and the in the and like the movie making they're doing with this, like. Every year, every month even, there's something new technology that comes out that helps out with these shows that makes it even better than the movies that we've seen years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be on par with Rogue One, probably yeah. even more so, just with the, like, with, I'm not saying Industrial Light and Magic is part of this, are they? But um, Oh, yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, but it's going to be on top on par with or even better than what you would see in Rogue One as a movie. Yeah. And we get more footage. It's longer than two hours. Yeah. And, and I will say, I, I, Justin, you hit it in the chat. Um, says, I'm glad they're not in the volume. And while the volume has been the reason we are able to get some of the most incredible things we've ever seen, and it is not going anywhere, and I wouldn't want it to go anywhere. Mm. I want it to be used. That is a giant reason why the first trailer and especially the second trailer, which I want to talk about, got such huge reactions because it looked like they were shooting on location because they were. Now, they made Star Wars content, everyone, during an international deadly pandemic, and they did that because of the volume. And it was damn good. Yes, to be clear, you heard us, Obi-Wan is some of the best Star Wars that's ever existed. Those last two episodes can go toe-to-toe with literally anything as far as I'm concerned. Let's be clear. Um, but okay, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> let me be clear. Let me just say here, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> <is> some... <laughs> oh my God, Eric, that was really good. I commend you for that. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Obi Wan. You think Obi Wan Kenobi on the Jedi Council? Um, all right, so that could be a Patreon reward for anyone that, that wants that. <laughs> Well done, my thank friend. You. Well thank done. you. No, but first but, take. But what you're um, saying, what you're saying is true. I think we we saw the limits of the volume, but yeah. just as any great thing that comes out, you got to find those boundaries. And I think they found Absolutely. them in the book of Boba Fett, and I think they course corrected with some stuff after that, and I think it got better. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that they're not 
just relying on this thing. You know what I mean? Like it's yes, like when when it when Super Glue came out, great invention. Don't hang your Christmas decorations with that because it's not coming down. Okay, like there are times to use Super Glue and times to not, and there's times to use the volume and times to not. I love that West and I. If y- y'all are listening, check this out on video. West and I at the same time went. Where's he going? And you got there. <laughs> you got there. I don't know if I did. Super. You nailed glue. the trails. Um, so yeah, I think that the fact that they weren't shooting the volume is so huge. That being said, there are so many incredible effects in this, and there's one thing I want to bring up that we've teased on, but that I think really made the difference, especially for those in our generation, and that is the full Imperial Senate. Mm. We saw the freaking Senate for the first time since 2005. Like, we have not seen the full Galactic Senate with all the pods. Mon Mothma walks in. And she looks, and you are in the prequels again, but with astonishing effects. And it's like a TV show is doing this. And I think we're really – like, look at this. This is Revenge of the Sith nostalgia with yeah. current political intrigue. And I think that is quite literally the greatest pitch for a show that you could give to, to folks like us who grew up with the prequels and are now watching Disney Plus excessively and reading the books and doing all this stuff. And I think that this really – kind of expensive shot because again none of that's real none of that is real you kind of think that this got disbanded right because like after after revenge of the sith you feel that palpatine is now pulling the strings he's the one making the decisions but no there is still a senate there i can had completely forgot about that Mm -hmm. and crazy that we've not really seen this considering this was in place during you know the original trilogy even yeah. and we're oh just God. now and, getting back around to this, like yep. and this Empire logo that's like right. Oh, nice! Oh, I didn't even notice oh. that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I think the fact that the second trailer showed so many legitimate practical sets, and I mean, when, when it first went around, it, it quite literally, as much as I hate this phrase, like broke the internet. Like every single person mm-hmm. I saw from every corner of Star Wars loved this in a way that I hadn't seen since the Rise of Skywalker final trailer, which I still think is probably the best trailer we've ever gotten. Um, But this wasn't using 40 years of nostalgia. This was just quality and a little nostalgia, but mostly just quality, which then finally leads us to the largest amount of footage we've gotten from Andor so far, which is a clip that was released publicly on Disney Plus Day, uh, was released earlier in theaters, uh, in front of Rogue One for a special screening. I was lucky enough to see. I, I spoke on this on an earlier episode. But now it's out for everyone. And, fellas, I, I, I told you to watch it before we got in here. We've all seen it. I'm sure a lot of you folks have watched it. If you haven't, pause right now. Go to Disney+. Plus. It's like nine minutes. There's some interviews. And then there's probably, I would say, a, a four-and-a-half, five-minute scene, which is which is not nothing. So <laughs> this scene, it's Cassian and it's Luthen in a warehouse. There's a large amount of dialogue, and there's some action. So I we have not spoken about this off offline yet. I want your just initial reactions live here. Um, Wes, I actually want to start with you, dude. What did you think about this scene? Eric, I gotta tell you. You didn't watch it, did you? I didn't do the homework. <laughs> Dang it! But I was pulling up I was pulling up the the it the clip itself, the way I could show stills. While y'all talked about it. You know what? I'll take it back. Hey, uh, Matt, don't edit this out, but everyone forgets that just happened. Um, all right. I was going to play it up. All right. So, Charles, you did the homework. You're a good man. You had, you had days off. 
Um, <coughs> what do you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, whoever strung up those engines or whatever they were didn't use super glue. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> they should have uh, used super glue. They should have. Yes. They should have. I thought I, I, I was kind of intrigued with how dangerous that room was. I don't think it was intended to be. Um, there was a lot of very heavy objects hanging very precariously. I don't know who's responsible for that, but <laughs> someone's losing their job. Um, Not good. Not good. No, I, I mean, it was good. It was good. I, I felt very gripped by the conversation that was happening. Like, it is a lot of dialogue when you step back to be like, oh, th- like, this is what they chose to put out there. You know, like, they, they could have chosen anything from any of the early footage, and this is what they chose. But it actually is very gripping. I'm intrigued by what the characters are saying. Um, there's a nice dynamic there between them, and I think we're going to see that continue. And for what it's worth, I thought that the the actual CGI was very good. I mean, I, I assume they yeah. weren't dropping yeah. real 100-ton you know, engines near someone like Diego, Diego Luna's Luna. like, I want to feel it. Make it real. Let's do it. Yeah. Come on. But, oh, my God. I mean, it felt, it. it felt real. <laughs> it looked good. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I was... I was so impressed by the dialogue at the top of the scene because they released a shorter version of it on on YouTube beforehand. But then when I went and saw it in the theater, and I will say, it's so cliche. I know there's blah, blah, blah reasons. God, I wish we could watch this whole series on an IMAX screen. It was it was really, really something special seeing brand new Star Wars content on a movie theater screen again. But I was so impressed by how locked in Diego Luna and Stellan Skarsgård were to each other in the text. Like, they were just gripped. And it, it is the moment, which we haven't seen really, of like, hey, this is the rebellion. Are you ready to, to put your money where your mouth is? Do you want to stop just doing this crap and join and hit these bastards in the teeth who have been oppressing you for years? And it, it felt like, it honestly, it felt like, I put in the notes, an FX show. It felt like a, a gritty drama that is going to be, like, Emmy-nominated for drama and all that stuff. Like, the writing was solid. And if you had taken out the blaster shots and, like, talk of Empire or whatever, this could have just been any wartime drama. And I think that's what's so gripping about Rogue One, and that's what's so gripping about this show. And to your point, Charles, about the action, I thought the action was solid. It was fun it was intense this is where i'm like oh yeah this guy did the born identity i got this i understand now this is where he's writing from uh yes unfortunately like the chat is saying no oosh or osha uh regulation at all um not good <laughs> everything was falling all up and down but i also liked that we're seeing we see in cassian's character that he's still grabbing the insurance of the item that he stole like I'm not just joining this rebellion. I still need to make sure that my job is done because I need to get paid. I need to get done because I'm still not sure this is where this is what I'm doing for forever. And to see a character who we know becomes such a great figure in the rebellion be unsure of its motives at this point was such a cool scene to choose. And I'm really just excited for these scenes of quiet discussion, which I got to say, I, I, I haven't really been excited about in Star Wars before like I never even thought about it like it's I'm excited I want the ships I want the everything but I'm excited for Mon Mothma just chatting on a couch with someone about the Senate meeting I'm excited for Luthen and Cassian being in a in a warehouse like this talking about if the rebellion is right or how much his fee is Mm -hmm. like it's that kind of Wes you can't just 
throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, well, let's warn us. Oh my yeah. dear, Mon, Mon, yeah, she, um, yeah, that's gonna be great. Is what that's Speechless. gonna be. But yeah, Woo! Eric, what? That's her. That's her sitting down at a table talking about the Senate. Probably, I, probably about it. God, and just I maybe everyone, <laughs> we should all dress to have our clothes match our walls. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> Um, Charles, what do you say? No, I, I was just going to say that, you know, the, the Star Wars trope is faster, more intense. I think this show might deliver us slower, more intense. And I I'm agree. interested to I see agree. that. Yes. I think that's a great point. I think that playing with the tempo, we've, we've always kind of thought of that as, as Jedi meditation, right? Like the, um, like the, the Ahsoka episode of Mando where she's just sitting around the fire talking about Grogu and stuff like that. It's really great. It's a nice meditative thing. But this isn't meditation. This is, do you want to become a traitor to the galaxy? And you got to figure that out in the next five minutes or else, because they're coming and we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. So, like, take your time, yeah. but we got to go. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 just, it's, again, unlike anything we've ever seen before. In the vast majority of the galaxy, they are swayed by the Empire, and the Empire is pushing the rebels as terrorists. Yep. These. This group of there are terrorists, like in in common general terms, um, date like everyday terms. These are terrorists. They're trying to overthrow the government. Yep. And so they have they have the ability to push that narrative to the masses and persuade people. And so ha- trying to gain support for the rebel side and showing that you know actually the empire is the one that is that is like subjugating everybody to like. Whether they want to mine on your world, whether they want to use you for labor, all that kind of stuff that hasn't been brought to light. So maybe this would be the maybe this would be the catalyst. No pun intended. That was good. That Thanks. was really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 wild to think that we're here already. You know, when that when that delay first mm-hmm. got announced, like ah, oh, it's weeks. It's nine days now. Like next Wednesday, we're watching Andor. Three episodes. Yeah. Three. We're gonna get three. Hold on a sec. Let me check. Yeah, check that Double check sure. really it's nine days. Okay, yep, it's right. nine days. <laughs> and, and like oh, my abacus, I, I my was hoping you had an abacus in there, man. <laughs> like more than likely, we're getting probably in the neighborhood of 40, 45 minutes an episode. So we're probably getting we're getting over two hours of Andor content, and that's a quarter of the season. And we're gonna get again and then weekly releases. <sighs> I guess at this point, I do also want to say we haven't officially said this. I don't think on any shows. Bounty Hunt will be returning for Andor. Uh, whether we'll be doing all three episodes in one, making that a living for doing whatever. We'll, TBD. We will keep you all posted, of course. Um, for those of you who don't know, Bounty Hunt is our extra show where we talk about all the shows. We've done Obi-Wan. We've done Mandalorian seasons. We did Clone Wars. Check that all out on its individual feed. But um, I am... I don't know. It's so strange because we sound like we're just copy-pasting ourselves. But, guys, this might be the most excited I've been to chat with you guys about a show so far. I mean, Obi-Wan was such a joy, and we all left that show on the highest horses. I think it's – I mean, it's my favorite show they've done so far. I think it's just pretty impeccable. Yeah. I I don't know how we don't go into the first week of Bounty Hunt after the show being like – uh, uh, that was perfect, wasn't it? Like, well, the Obi-Wan show answered a lot of questions that we had had for years, right? And right, so are they right. trying to 
Are they trying to one-up or be equal with this Andor show and trying to answer some questions of the Senate, like we saw, the Empire Senate, or in like the Death Star plans and the mm-hmm. in like the beginning of building the Death Star, how they get the materials, mm-hmm. like the the worlds that they, you know, they have to they have to enslave to do this yeah. kind of stuff. So hopefully they the more questions are answered than are brought up. I mean, there's always that that side of Twitter that's gonna that's gonna grab at it, but you know, yeah. that's what I'm most excited for is to see like some of these answers to the death star and to the senate like i just completely forgot about the senate now that we've had this show it's like yes it's been around for a long time man so that's what i'm excited about to answer some of these questions that have been around for years decades even yeah i i mean i i think i'm I'm gonna end mine with just saying i think my most excited thing about this show is to just have a show where I'm like, guys, this is amazingly well acted. It's incredibly directed. It's incredibly written. And it just happens to be in Star Wars. I think this will be the easiest conversation to have with non-Star mm. Wars people in quite a while. Yeah. To be like, just watch the show. I feel like it's just, it's political intrigue. Like, Tony Gilroy has even said, like, he's not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. Like, he likes it, but he's not, like, read everything. He's like, that's not what the show is. This nice. is just going to be a good 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 show and so the last category the last categorization should be star wars everything else you got entry you got suspense it's a Mm. great thriller and then it's also star wars can't wait can't wait nine days folks so that should be everything you need to know um gosh we'll be coming to you on that weekend with uh with andor footage uh, again, let us know what you're most excited for in the comments. If you're listening to us, let us know on Twitter, on Discord, wherever you want. Tell your friends to watch Andor so you have people to talk about it with. Before we get out of here today, uh, next week, I'm going to put it live on the show. Charles, how are we feeling? Princess and the Scoundrel? Think we'll make it? I think we're going to make it. Live update, I am on page like 220. I think we're oh, going to make pretty it. pretty good. Oh, yeah, good. that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, excellent. So as of this point, we are planning on having our Princess and the Scoundrel roundtable next Monday night. Two roundtables so close together is so rare. It just happened because of the schedule, but for everyone that's been enjoying it, make sure you get in there. If we do have to shift it, we will let you know early. But as of right now, um, a great show to look forward to, a great book to talk about. And then between the two episodes of the roundtable, we'll watch three episodes of Andor. I... And football is back. All right, everyone. (laughs) It is a great time to be alive. Go watch some football. Go watch some Star Wars. And on that, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, thank you so much. Reminder, check out Friendship Through the Force, a UTD documentary dropping this Wednesday on the 14th. Let us know what you think. Uh, We put a lot of love into it. We hope you love it as well. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at C. Henkel. Wes is at Boss West. And Corey is in Hawaii. He'll get his name back when he's on the show. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Charles and Wes for potting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for hanging out and chatting all about Andor. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. 
There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you, always.